So in about two weeks, Brian Zane is going to conclude his review series on the 20th anniversary of the Invasion Angle when he talks about Survivor Series 2001. However, today, or this week, he decided to review Rebellion 2001, which was basically a UK-exclusive pay-per-view uh, when it came out. And, as Brian said, you know, just like a lot of the UK events at that time, unless something of significance had to occur due to maybe a superstar leaving, uh, going out for, you know, well, basically leaving the company, you know, leaving because they have to have a surgery or whatever the case was, unless something significant happened because of that, you know, because of one of those situations, like, you know, dropping a title or something, not really much would happen. I mean, there might be an advancement of a current story arc going on between two wrestlers, you know, at that time that would take place, like it did here with Jericho and Rock, but anything else was of insignificant uh, consequence, if you know what I mean. Now, what's interesting, though, about Survivor Series 01, and I want to do this video to kind of do my own take on it, because I watched... I watched, and I'm sure a lot of you did as well, but I watched every single pay-per-view in 2001 of the Invasion Angle. I recorded, actually, every single pay-per-view of the Invasion Angle, when, I, when the only way you could record was on VHS. Yeah, VHS was still a thing back then, mostly when we came to recording, until DVD pretty much took over that area later on. But yeah, that was the only other way you could record. And, you know, I ordered and record it, recorded every pay-per-view they had to offer. Heck, I even recorded some of the WCW pay-per-views, you know, that remained, you know, in the original state of WCW at the beginning of the year. However, when it came to Survivor Series, they touted this as being the be-all, end-all, winner-take-all, you know, the losing you know, group, company, if you will, goes out of business forever while the other remains, you know, unequivocally, you know, superior. You know, as the now, the, as the now brand of professional wrestling, the be-all, end-all. However, what's interesting about, you know, the build-up to this is what came of it and how we got to this point. You see, one of the major storylines that took place in uh, the build-up to Survivor Series 01 was the fact that Kurt Angle, someone had someone that had been a stallfront, basically, or a stalwart, I should say, not a stallfront, but a stalwart, and basically a, you know, at the front of the line fighter for WWF, um, had defected to the Alliance, basically defected to WCW. And, you know, it was kind of weird when it happened because a lot of people... You know, they probably suspected that maybe he would be one of those, you know, stars that would defect in storyline because, you know, that's how he is. Um, little did we know, though, the real reason behind it. And this all basically, unbeknownst to us, until weeks that would lead up to Survivor Series, was planting the seeds for the return of the Mr. McMahon heel character. And not just the Mr. McMahon heel character, but Kurt Angle back as a heel as well. And subsequently, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin back as a babyface. But why? Why did this happen? Well, even though it's not totally explained in everything after Survivor Series is over, uh, 
But essentially, what it amounts to is Vince McMahon, the you know, really didn't trust any of his other superstars to get the job done. He didn't trust Rock. He didn't trust Kane. He didn't trust Undertaker. He didn't trust Big Show. He didn't trust any of them to get the job done when needed to help keep the WWF in business. So what did he do? He conspired in story with Kurt Angle to go and become an undercover mole, you know, for him and thus make it look like he had truly defected to the alliance. And part of that part of that uh, conspiracy, if you will, or conspiracy, if you will, is that Kurt Angle had to play it up like he was totally against WWF now, that he was all alliance. You know, that he was in it for the long haul and making sure that wrestling was back in the fold when WCW and ECW would take over. Little did they, like, like I just mentioned, little did they in story, like us the fans, know, even though we could probably see the seeds being planted, um, that Kurt was only in there, as I mentioned, as a double agent, as a mole, to basically uh, get, you know, one up on the alliance. Basically prove in story, once and for all, whether you hate him or you don't, that Vince McMahon is always going to be one step ahead of his competition, no matter who it is. But as far as Survivor Series itself goes, the, the event was actually pretty good. I, I will give you that. I mean, they actually added a match on the pre-show uh, with uh, basically, you know, with, you know, Chavo, with um, Christian, you know, challenging Al Snow to a match and basically willing to put his European title on the line. And the match was all right. Christian ended up winning, which you would expect. So, you know, that... You know, and that opened the show. That opened the show, if you will. Now, you know, the other matches that followed, most of them were unification matches. One was for to one was to fill the vacancy for the women's championship. The other were to unify the titles. And the stipulation is that whoever were the champions were basically, um, I guess you could say, exhumed from, you know, being unemployed. In other words, they would be protected, you know, from, you know, termination, you know, when it was all said and done, depending on who would win. So, the matches we ended up having, unification-wise, is Edge versus Test, Intercontinental title versus U.S. title, which Edge ended up winning. Because I think Edge... Edge had beaten Kurt Angle uh, for the U.S. title, which Kurt had won from Rhino. But then, you know, Kurt won, you know, as part, you know, well, Kurt won the title from Rhino when he was still part of WWF and then carried over to be part of the Alliance. Uh, Edge won it from him. Test had won the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I believe Test won that, I think, from Edge. So Edge ended up winning the U.S. title from Kurt, thus setting up the rematch, which Edge won. Uh, the Dudleys defeated uh, the Hardys in a steel cage for both the WWF and WCW tag titles after Jeff decided to basically, you know, go into business in storyline for himself by, you know, being being himself. You know, just doing daredevil moves, which cost him the match. Um, after that, Test, who had lost... Um, had lost his uh, Intercontinental title, 
uh, took out, it looked like Scotty Too Hottie in the back, and took Scotty's place in the Immunity Battle Royal. The Immunity Battle Royal basically had the stipulation that the winner, no matter who it was, from who it was or where they who they represented, the winner would be immune to uh, would be immune from being fired for one year, no matter what they did. And Test ended up winning that, so he was immune from you know being fired with a you know what's with a any with a the alliance or WWF had won uh, the night. Uh, then they had the uh, women's championship match with the vacant title. This is where we saw the debut of Jazz. And it looked like, just by the fact that the camera was focusing on Lita, because she was known as Miss Congeniality in ECW, I don't know if they were teasing maybe history between the two, spanning from ECW. I don't know what. But in the end, Trish Stratus ended up winning her first of seven women's titles, which was a surprise to a lot of us, but obviously she had worked hard enough that they felt, hey, she's the perfect representation for this new direction. And then, of course, we had the tag team title match. Now, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything here, because I think I listed out most of the matches. I think I listed out most of the, the matches, if you will. So let me let me make sure. Let me make sure. I think I listed most of them. So let's see. Oh yeah, William Regal defeated Tajiri. So that was a match that was on there. And then everything else pretty much is the same. And oh, during a pre-show, which was Sunday Night Heat, uh, Justin K, Justin Credible, Lance Storm, and Raven, uh, Team Alliance, Team ECW. Defeated Albert, Scotty Tuhati, and Spike Dudley in a six-man tag. So that's most of the match. So most of everything else that I talked about, you know, did happen the way I said it. It, it, it did basically. You know, the outcomes happened the way they, 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 as I mentioned. But then we get to Team WWF versus Team Alliance, which went for almost forty-five minutes. This match. This match went forty-five minutes, and in the end. Um, as a lot of people pretty much predicted, although the way they played it up, a lot of people were, you know, not really sure exactly what was going to happen, you know, because of the way they tried to play it up, like, oh, you don't know, you don't know, you know, WWF could win, but then again, they could go Alliance, you know, who knows, because there was talk, you know, there was talk, and I'm sure Brian Zane's going to go into this two weeks from now when he talks about it. Uh, there was talk of, you know, the Alliance potentially going over in the match and then the Alliance getting Monday Night Raw and then basically, you know, I guess out of generosity to show that, hey, there's no animosity and everything, you know, we'll take Raw and you could take WWE if you could take SmackDown and that's it. Basically, from what I understand, there was still, you know, some kind of idea, like they were going to plant like they were going to reveal a loophole that WWF could still survive but now it's got to be its own entity it's got to be on Smackdown while the Prime show, the A show is now all about the Alliance I, again, you know, that that's what I'm that's what I'm understanding I mean, I know they talked about that you know, before and around the Invasion pay-per-view in the, as to a potential you know, um, potential direction they could go in but because of what happened with the Buff Bagwell Booker T match and some other WCW matches, 
you know, not going well over with the, the established WWE fan base, yeah, that those plans were pretty much nullified, but obviously they were still being considered. Like, maybe there was something in the works, like I said, from what I'm hearing, from what I understood, that could potentially, you know, kept the WWF alive, but they would have basically been uh, re relegated to SmackDown well, you know, the alliance would be on the A-Show, which is Monday Night Raw. Again, that's just that's just what I've heard throughout the, you know, the, throughout the years and all that. Because there was still talk, obviously, and even to this day, people will mention this. They were, you know, part of this, you know, behind the scenes, you know, comp competitive-wise and all that. There are those that were involved that have, like I said, mostly behind the scenes and those that are kind of in the know, like a Meltzer, you know, and an Aptor and all that, that there were plans, I think, to still build towards a payoff at WrestleMania 18. Which, again, didn't happen because they decided to blow it off here. Uh, but, yeah, those were things I heard and I'm sure I'm not alone in, uh, I'm not alone when I, when I heard about those things. But, you know, the match itself, like I said, it, it ran for 45 minutes. And it was a good match. It was good. And it came down to, predictable, predictably, a one-on-one -on -one between Rock and Austin. Because both were the representat representatives, the top representatives of, you know, of the brands. And it looked like the alliance was going to win. Because what happened uh, during the match is Jericho got eliminated Um I think by uh, Austin because of a miscommunication between him and Rock and there was already animosity between them. I mean Jericho had beaten Rock at No Mercy become champion and then a few weeks later Rock had regained the title uh, from Jericho that being the WCW title uh, to carry that into Survivor Series. And like I said there was some animosity still between them and when Jericho got eliminated due to a miscommunication Jericho took it out, finally just let it all out, took it out on, on Rock and turned full-fledged heel for the first time since his debut in 1999. So he was basically now full-fledged heel. And, you know, a lot of people thought that, okay, it looks like they're going to go the Alliance direction and Jericho might be welcomed in with open arms as part of the Alliance for what he did. And a lot of people, and even the way they were, you know you know, building it up on commentary, the way it sounded and the way it looked to a lot of people is that Jericho had stabbed the WWF in the back and had joined the Alliance temporarily because it looked like, again, that was the direction they were going to go in, but that's not what happened. Instead, just when it looked like, you know, Austin was on the verge of winning, you know, of course there was a ref bump, and like I said, just when it looked like Austin was on the verge of winning the match for him and the Alliance... Out comes Kurt Angle, who got eliminated earlier due to a submission. Uh, a submission that, you know, obviously seemed very suspicious to a lot of people. Like, why is he tapping out so quickly when he's the kind of guy that's shown in the past that he's going to fight this, you know, fight submissions tooth and nail or, or something like that, right? I think it was a submission or a pinfall, one of the two. You know, it's like, what happened there? What's going on? You know? So, Kurt Angle comes back out. You know, he comes out, Paul Heyman thinks he's coming to, you know, help Austin, but no. Kurt Angle comes back out. The referee's already down. Austin looks like he's got a one. Kurt Angle comes, you know, comes back down, grabs the WWF Championship, 
And instead of hitting Rock, he goes straight for Austin, legitimately. You see it straight up, boom, he hits Austin. Rock, you know, then takes advantage of it, hits the Rock bottom, one, two, three, and the WWF wins. And you see the reaction in both the locker rooms. WWF is excited. The Alliance locker room is like in shock. Stephanie's like, Stephanie McMahon's reaction is like, no! And you, hear Bully, and you hear Bubba Ray going, what the hell was that? What the hell? Because, you know, he's, he's looking at that. He's seeing what just happened and realize, realizing, obviously, in story that, what the hell? Are you saying we just got duped? Are you saying we just got duped? Because apparently that's what happened. You see the dejection from all the Alliance stars. They're like realizing right there that not only are they out of business and potentially in storyline out of a job, but they're realizing, oh crap, we just got played. We got duped. We got outsmarted. And then Paul Heyman's reaction is the same way. He takes out the headset. He's like, Vince did it to me again. <laughs> you know? And then you have Vince McMahon, you know, coming out. You know, he's like, yeah, I won, I did it, do, 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 do. celebrating like he did it all by himself. Basically, you know, just walking around triumphantly like this, you know, walking around the stage, you know, acting like he did it all by himself, taking off his jacket, putting it down, doing this and everything. And then you see Rock looking at him like, you know, he's kind of like giving him a, a look like, you know, he's not not really much of an expression of look like, you know, he's happy, you know, Vince won or anything. It's just a look like, you know, confusion a little bit. Like, why is he so happy that, you know, why is he acting like he did all this? He did all the hard work and not us. And then you look at Austin and Austin's looking up at Vince realizing, you know, he, he too got played, right? He's realizing that Vince did it again to him. He screwed him. And again, Vince is acting like this. So, what comes out of this? What comes out of this? Well, again... As we were building, as they were building towards Survivor Series, and you know the fact that you know Kurt had defected to the Alliance, we also started to see, like I mentioned earlier, the seeds being planted for the return of the Mr. McMahon heel character um, in the process. Just the fact that he would get on people like Michael Cole when they would call him Vince, and then they had to correct themselves by saying Mr. McMahon and stuff like that. And then you have Linda kind of questioning, you know, his. You know, his decision-making, especially when it comes to their kids. It's like the seeds were being planted, and then they were fully realized, not, 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 uh, you know, not entirely at Survivor Series, but mostly the following night. Because you have Vince coming out there, he's getting an ovation, he's, you know, reveling in the victory and all that, and throughout Monday Night Raw, the post-Survivor Series edition, uh, they have all these moments happening, the... The debut of the McMahon Kiss My You Know What Club, you know, with Regal being the first um, member. Uh, you have McMahon addressing all the champions and Test, you know, in the process. You have, you know, Kurt Angle trying to kiss up to the fact that he, you know, helped, you know, he helped the Alliance and trying to explain his actions. And you have all, the, and you have all the superstars like Undertaker and Rock and all of them being like, really, seriously. You want to take credit for something that you didn't have the guts or the balls to tell us you were doing? That you were basically that you and McMahon were basically undermining everything just because he didn't trust us? You know, you have all this building up to a situation. You have McMahon, you know, you have, you have Vince meeting with his daughter and his son in the ring and Shane being mad enough to admit, "Hey, you've proven once and for all, once or proven once again that you are you know, you are who you say you are. You outsmarted us. We, you know, we should have saw it coming. 
you know, you're the man, you win. And then you have Stephanie, of course, at that time, trying to kiss up to her dad, saying, oh, no, 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 it's all Shane's idea. Shane's the one that convinced me. Paul's the one that convinced me. I never wanted nothing to do with it. But yet, Vince doesn't buy it, and he has her escorted out of the building and everything um, during the event. And then speaking of being escorted out of the building or carried out of the building, you have Paul Heyman being fired on screen in story. He being carried out with Jerry Lawler coming back to take his place at the commentary table. And then this all builds up to Vince basically going to reward the WWF Championship to Kurt Angle for what he did. And then that's when we get the debut of Ric Flair. Ric Flair then reveals to the world as to why he's there that basically... You know, you know, basically he reveals that, you know, Shane and Stephanie sold the stock to a consortium, but nobody knew who it was. And then Rick reveals that he was the consortium. And because the fact that he bet on a winner, then for, you know, odd, some odd reason, they are now partners. And this, of course, pretty much solidifies McMahon's heel turn, um, if you will. Because then out comes Austin. Austin's attacking McMahon. He's attacking Angle. You know... Rick picks up the WWE Championship because he's telling Kurt, look, do you really want to win it like this? Do you want to have hand it to you or do you want to win it? Right? So again, this leads to Austin coming out. You know, Austin beats up on McMahon. You know, Angle beats up on Angle. Ric Flair has the championship over his shoulder. You know, Austin carefully takes it away from him. They, you know, they have a beer toast and that's essentially how the post-Survivor Series edition of Raw ends with Basically cementing, well, basically uh, cementing the idea and fully bringing to fruition the McMahon, uh, the Mr. McMahon, you know, the return of the Mr. McMahon heel character and Kurt Angle's, you know, solidifying his heel status as, hey, I'll do whatever I can to become the WWE champion around here or the top guy around here. So, overall, the Survivor Series, it was good. Survivor Series old one was all right. But again, the way it was built towards um, throughout the weeks and everything might have seemed a little confusing to some. But as you, when you look back on it, or even if you watched it back then as well, you can kind of see something was up. Like, again, why was Kurt Angle, who was a stalwart frontrunner and defender and fighter for WWF, suddenly wanted to side with the Alliance, go back to his goofy antics being like a sidekick to Austin? Why was he doing that? Well, because it was all an idea by Vince McMahon, because Vince McMahon did not trust his team, if you will, to uh, win the to win the war, to win the match in storyline. He didn't trust them, so he had to basically rely on somebody that he felt he could trust. That being Kurt Angle. So, yeah, basically what this did, and again, I know Zane's gonna probably talk about this himself. All this did was plant the seeds for the return of the Mr. McMahon heel character and solidify Kurt Angle as being a heel at the time that was willing to do whatever it took to win. So overall, when you look at the Survivor Series, you know, 2001-2001 uh, pay-per-view, which culminated with the end of the entire Invasion Angle and the WWF vs. Alliance, WWF vs. WCW-ECW deal, uh, when you look at it, yeah, it was a good pay-per-view for them to go out on. The pay-per-views, at most times, were all right. It's just the storyline just, at times, didn't make sense. And at the end, it really didn't make sense to a lot of people because, again, 
where did this suddenly come on with Kurt Angle defecting, and why is Mr. McMahon acting more, and why was Vince McMahon acting more like his Mr. McMahon character almost each and every week? You know, what was going on? And obviously we got the answer, not just at Survivor Series, at the end of Survivor Series, that is, but we got the answers on the post-Survivor Series edition of Raw. So, yeah, you know, the pay-per-views overall, like the Invasion pay-per-view, which stuck, kicked, us all, kicked this whole thing off, and the Survivor Series one, which culminated, you know, they were all good. Some were, not, some were all right, average, but in between, they are all, all good. It's just the storyline didn't make a lot of sense at times, especially as we built towards uh, the ending, um, or basically built towards the ending here of the entire story arc, and how basically Kurt went to being a defector in the first place. And again, like I said, it's because you start seeing week by week the seeds being planted for the return of the McMahon heel character. But what did you guys think of Survivor Series 01 when it happened? How did you feel about it? You know, what did you think about, you know, the seeds being planted for the return of the Mr. McMahon heel character? How did you feel about the Kurt Angle defection being, you know, in storyline not exactly what it was meant to be because it didn't make sense and the revelation obviously being as to why? What were your thoughts? Comment down below, live chat during the premiere, which hopefully you have. Like the video, check out the Teespring store. Also check me out at BW Rose's discussions on all your favorite audio podcast locations, except for Pandora. Also check me out at BW Rose's on Vimo. Check me out at Patreon, B Patreon at BW Rose's to support me there with the $1, $3 tiers. And also check me out at Venmo if you want to help donate there as well. So until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later.